Welcome to season two of Mamas on a Mission. This is episode seven. Welcome to you. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Holly, the Chief Member of Motherhood Melbourne, host of this podcast and co-founder of Facing Motherhood. Yes, I am knee-deep in motherhood with two young boys. And if you're listening as this episode is released, you are too, as we're drawing to the end of the school holidays. Hang in there, mama. We've been busy hitting up theme parks like Luna Park and Gumbaya World. And I've discovered that my almost five-year-old is a bit of a thrill seeker. And that taking a 20-month-old out is very challenging. Deep breaths. Anyway, let's dig into today's topic and guest. I'm speaking with Catherine Ross. She's an EFT tapping and anxiety specialist. Now, EFT stands for Emotional Freedom Technique, and Catherine will explain what that is in this episode. I first came across Catherine in a Facebook group for Melbourne mums. I was super curious as to what EFT tapping was. And then having a bit of a stalk of her service, Break Free with EFT, I knew that you'd love hearing from her. Catherine is really passionate about working with parents and children and helping them to address emotional issues at a grassroots level. So she'll tell you all about how EFT tapping helps with many common challenges that we face. We'll also chat about an exciting project that she's implementing into education system, Emotional First Aid Programs. Catherine is on a mission to empower people to take control of their emotional state by giving them a tool that is literally at their fingertips. Now, I just want to say that Catherine was a bit sick on the day of recording, but didn't want to let anyone down. So at the beginning, there's a little bit of coughing. Okay, let's start with Catherine telling us all about life before she became an EFT tapping and anxiety specialist. Let's meet Catherine. I um, I came across EFT ages ago when I was about probably 16, uh, 17, um, and my mum introduced it to me. So I was, you know, a bit um, reluctant to uh, really get into this weird tapping thing because by, at that stage, you know, it wasn't that well known. And um, I, I thought, well, you know, I'm not going to listen to my mom and, and do this weird tapping on my face and everything. So if you know about it, it, it does look a little bit weird and it sounds a bit strange, um, but it, it works. But I left it alone for a while and I thought, well, you know, I'll, I'll just sort out my own stuff. Thanks, mum. And I went to see a lot of different therapists and, um, and everything. And at the end of the day, I um, did um, end up... Uh, doing taking her advice and I went to see somebody and I actually got a really really good um, result from it so I thought well this is pretty good stuff and I heal some of my trauma um, and then I ended up um, yeah leaving alone for a while and did a lot of sales so I went through lots of sales positions and um, I uh, did a lot of different you know, door-to-door sales uh, stuff which was really awful <laughs> to be honest and I was just trying to find what I wanted to do um, so then, you know, I got made redundant uh, three times, which was <laughs> was a sign from the universe, I think, that, you know what, you've got to be doing something more heart-centred. So I did end up doing that and I, I actually went back to uh, studying EFT. So I went and got my qualification and certification and uh, I started my business in 2012. So I started doing life coaching um, and then I added EFT into it because I found that it was just such a great tool to be able to um, you know, shift mindset and work at the subconscious level as well, because it's the subconscious that matters, not so much the conscious brain. And I just loved the fact that, you know, with the subconscious, you're, you're helping to shift patterns and everything um, that you couldn't do so consciously if you, you tried because it's very hard to do positive thinking. Um, and, and so, you know, we're, we're trying to override those conscious programs, the subconscious programs that are there. So I ended up, um, you know, using that and, uh, and getting into that with my clients, which I found to be really, really beneficial. Lovely. Oh my goodness. What a backstory. Um, so I bet there's so many people that are wondering what is emotional freedom technique. So that's EFT that we're talking about tapping. How, so obviously you've come across it through your mum, um, and just a bit more probably about why you were drawn to it. Yeah. So, um, I've always had a background in natural therapies. My parents have been in the health industry for over 40 years. So, um, I was, I was so excited to be able to, you know, take something, uh, that was natural and drug free and apply it to 
not only my own life, but to clients as well. So I, uh, I yeah, ended up just, um, I loved the fact that it was, it was something tangible as well, because you're doing something. It's not just like, you know, um, thinking your way out of things. It was actually using what you're feeling, acknowledging it and validating yourself with the problem and then being able to, uh, to let it go too. Yeah. So if someone was seeing you do it, because I think this is the thing, because um, it's really great on your website that you have videos. Can you just explain for people like what it would look like? Yeah. So it, it's yeah. Uh, it's literally tapping on our face and upper body. So it's there's a series of acupressure points on the face and upper body. And we use about nine to 11 of them. So it's while we're tapping on these points, which are the top of the head, where the eyebrow starts, up to the side of the eye, under the eye, under the nose, on the chin, um, on the collarbone and under the arm. Um, and we also use what we call the karate chop point. So if you visualize, you know, um, breaking the board in karate, that's the point that we use as well. So um, we're tapping on these points and you don't have to use a lot of pressure. It's just very light pressure while you're tapping and you're talking about the issue that you're actually wanting to address. So whether it be anxiety, whether it be fear, whether it be, um, you know, hurt or a different emotion, you're helping to clear that at the same time. Beautiful. <laughs> and, and so how, how did you sort of learn more about it and, and what did that process look like? Yeah. So um, I, I did my own sessions obviously with um, a lady that I went to see and then I decided when I went to get qualified that I've got to actually, you know, do this and, and know how to do it and how to handle clients who um, do need a little bit more support as well. So um, I learned how to do it through the course. So there is an EFT level one. EFT level two, which means that you can then go on and be a practitioner. So I did those courses and then I actually added matrix re-imprinting to it as well, which is a deeper form of EFT. Um, that's really, really good for um, getting to core issues and actually reprogramming the way our brain thinks about past memories. Wow. Can you tell us a bit more about that actually? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I'm so sorry. I'm completely thrown by my cough right now. Oh because, no, uh, that's okay. I was totally fine. And then, you know, you, you, you know that you've got something coming up it's emotional <laughs> yeah. as well. Yes. You know, there's a bit of emotion involved in, uh, in all of that. So yeah, it's, uh, it's just coming up a little bit for me at the moment, but um, yeah. So, so matrix reimprinting yeah. is um, it's about actually working with our, our issues in the past. So um, for instance, I work a lot with PTSD and that's about going back into the, the times where we've had traumas and literally working with the younger version of ourselves at the time. So when we have a trauma, whether it's a big trauma, whether it's a little trauma, um, you know, we, we classify trauma these days as big stuff. You know, it's, um, it's you know, death of a loved one, serious illness, um, you know, rape, abuse, things like that. But there's lots of different things that we can actually classify as trauma. And, you know, mum ticking us off at four years old for breaking a plate, for instance, can be classified as a trauma. So uh, because it, a trauma is, is subjective. So you give 10 people the same trauma, they're all going to react differently to it. Um, and, and so it's literally going and working with these younger what we call echoes uh, to help them to process that trauma at the time. Because anytime we go through something like that, a part of us actually splits off energetically and it's held in the field around us, which is, you know, our energetic field, our matrix essentially. So we're always accessing these echoes um, and they're triggering us. And we know that because, you know, we're, for instance, if we, um, for, with PTSD, there might be a loud bang that goes off in fireworks and that can trigger someone straight back into, you know, when they were at war. Um, so there's all these things that we're constantly um, attached at, we've attached ourselves to and that we're triggered by. And so when we're going back, we're actually working with that person who was very traumatized at the time and giving them what they needed. So taking down that emotional response with tapping and then then um, resourcing them with what they would have wanted at the time to feel safe, to feel loved, to feel supported, whatever it was. And we're creating a new picture for them. So when we actually imprint that, um, that becomes what our brain perceives to be the truth rather than what has actually gone on. Ah, that sounds so interesting. <laughs> it is. So it's literally like changing memories. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh my goodness. Oh, so when you, when you look back, you can't actually see it the same way. Yes. Yeah. Excellent. I love that. Um, the interesting thing is I came across you in a Facebook group because you put up a yep. post about your daughter who, you know, was, um, I'm just trying to remember. It was sort of, I guess, 
she was exhibiting um, like challenging behavior. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, but the way that you dealt with it, like was really interesting. And you started talk, talking about tapping and I was like, what is this? And who is this lady? And then when I went to look into you deeper, like I realized that you did, that you work with a lot of parents and children. Um, so I'd love to know if you could give some examples of the common challenges that you usually help parents and kids with. Yeah, um, well, I find that a lot of kids are coming through these days with anxiety. So, you know, whether it's, um, and, and I think we think about anxiety as fear all the time, but we don't recognise the ways that it shows up in children. So, um, you know, it might be defiance, it might be behaviour related, it might be that they're complaining of a sore tummy all the time, which is really, really common. Um, and and they're, they're, you know, presenting with, I don't want to go to school, um, they're acting out, they're refusing things, they're being incredibly defiant, they're having temper tantrums, meltdowns, sometimes they're having panic attacks as well, um, which I see a lot of the time. And it's so it's so awful to, to watch these young children go through such emotional challenges at such a young age. And I think it's, you know, um, so much different to how it was when we were young. Uh, I didn't see as much anxiety or, you know, ADHD and all of that around at that point. So um, I think parents are feeling a little bit like, well, what do we, what do we do? We, we've sort of exhausted all these resources um, and we don't have a way to be able to help them feel safe and to feel supported uh, and to be able to work through whatever it is that's presenting for them. So, um, yeah, often they will, they'll present with, you know, anxiety in general. Um, overwhelm is a big one too. So, uh, yeah, I tend to like to work with, uh, with children probably around, um, I mean, EFT is great because it can be taught for, for kids, you know, ages three and up. So when they can start verbalising what they're feeling, you can work with that. Um, and, and yeah, so I love teaching parents how to use it on their children, on themselves. And then, you know, the children will actually copy what they're doing as well. So it's a great therapy for all to use because it's not just about healing one person. It's also about working through your own stuff as well. And that has a massive effect on the children's behavior and the way that they're picking up that energy because they're so intrinsically linked with us energetically up until about sort of 12 when they start developing more of their own consciousness. Um, so, you know, you can actually do some work for them uh, without having to even get them to do it themselves a lot of the time, which I find really great. So there's so many different applications with EFT and different ways of going about it. Um, but yeah, there's really no excuses to not to use it because there's lots of different ways that you can. <laughs> yeah. And do, do you want to go into a little bit about <coughs> that example that I was talking about? Um, that Do you remember that, that you wrote on the Facebook group? Uh, I think it was her refusing dinner. Yes. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that'll be a common one. Obviously, a lot of parents are experiencing. So, if, yeah, you explain yeah. what happened. That would be better. <laughs> yeah. First of all, caveat, it's not going to make your child eat dinner. <laughs> 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 but um, what I noticed was that my, my daughter is a very reserved, very sensitive little soul as well um, and very emotional too, which is interesting. Um, and And so she goes to daycare once a week. And she's very um, shy there. So she won't express a lot of stuff. And then one day she came back and she uh, was just being a real little, you know, <laughs> miss um, and, and giving me a lot of attitude. And I was like, you know what, I can totally appreciate that she's a three-nager, whatever, um, not a problem. But uh, the fact that she then escalated it to such a degree and um, I was like, right, well, I'm going to do something about this as well. I don't, you know, I'm not just going to leave this. And, and I, I went through the normal parental reaction of you need to eat your dinner. If you don't eat your dinner, you will blah, blah, blah blah, 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 you know, and threats and everything, trying everything, because of course you feel like, well, what the hell am I supposed to do here? Um, and so I ended up uh, just saying, okay, well, let's do some tapping on this. And so I didn't have to even, you know, zero in on what she was feeling or work with her on a specific thing. I sat her down and I just tapped through the points because what that does is actually help to rebalance the energy system and, and process any unresolved traumas in the body. Um, and so we were actually doing that for about probably 30 seconds and uh, she blurted out like when she was crying, cause she was crying while I was tapping. Um, and she said, somebody hit me in the eye today with a book at childcare or at kindy. And I was like, Oh, okay. Right. So um, that was quite significant to me that she would just come out with this. Um, and so I knew that she had obviously been struggling with it. 
and and was feeling pretty you know upset so I said well how did that make you feel and she said like I did at dinner like I felt really sad um and I thought oh that's not very good that's awful you know so then we we talked about that feeling and we tapped on that sadness and literally within about probably another 30 seconds to a minute she was over it and she was back to you know choosing the story that we were going to read that night and all happy and laughing and everything so that's why I love working with kids so much because they are so receptive to healing and they don't have, you know, the layers of trauma and the um, the resistance and the cynicism and everything us as adults do too. So you know, often it can work really, really quickly um, to clear anything that's, that's sitting there um, that could then have the potential to develop into a problem later on down the track. Because what happens is that if you get too many of these issues that are not processed that will develop into something like anxiety or um you know a fear or something like that as well so that's why i really love working with children because you're nipping it in the bud before it actually becomes a problem yeah oh, that's a great example and that's what i love that's when i read and i was like oh this is so interesting because a lot of the times it isn't you know, what's right in front of you. Like that's not what the issue is, but yeah. And I love that, you know, everyone goes through that natural reaction where you start to threaten and you're like, you need to eat your dinner. <laughs> oh exactly. my goodness. And, and also just for those, like with the tapping, when they do, um, you know, watch it, if they visit your site, it's yeah. very light. Like it's not a, like you're not doing anything oh, yeah. heavy. And, and it's, not, it's not the harder that you tap, the more results. You yeah, get exactly. Just everyone knows. Um, But what about some of the stuff that you work on? Do you have a lot of mums that come to you working on things for themselves? And what type of uh, challenges would they be facing? Yeah, so um, a lot of mums uh, like myself, you know, get overwhelmed. Um, We have a lot of different things on our plate. I think, you know, these days there's more expectation to go back to work or, um, you know, be everything to everyone. So that obviously takes a toll not only on them, but their family too, because, you know, if we're constantly stressed out and overwhelmed, that is feeding through to our children. Our children are picking up cues as to, you know, how to deal with life or can't deal with life, um, you know, how to respond to our environment and our stimuli and our stresses. And so, you know, they might be just feeling completely overwhelmed. And that's the biggest emotion I deal with with mums is overwhelm. Anxiety is another one as well because that then gets transferred um, to our children because, once again, they are little sponges and they are literally working out how to deal with life from us so we need to be providing a really good um, structure as to how to actually deal with things that do come up for us so a lot of overwhelm a lot of stress a lot of anxiety um, and guilt too is a big one I find mum guilt um, because you know often when we're doing all of these things because we want to be everyone to everything to everyone we feel guilty you know we feel guilty for working we feel guilty for having you know me time um, and there's this big push to have self-care but then how do we fit that in and how do we not let it take over you know time with our children are we being a good enough mum are we doing the right thing are, you know we were supporting everybody else around us and having a good relationship and we, we want to have it all, but that then leads to a lot of guilt as well. So, you know, dealing with that um, so that they can move forward and just be, you know, whoever they, they need to be in any given moment is really empowering for them, I find, and that then helps their children as well. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, that's so true. So you're helping them sort of like release those feelings so yeah. that, that that weight's lifted, that heaviness is gone. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And they're not passing on to their children either. (laughs) Yeah, 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 absolutely. You know what I found really interesting? Another um, video that was on your website was the one about the money blocks. Yeah. Yes. So, sorry, can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So um, blocks to abundance, I think it was. And yes. uh, and yeah, so I mean, like we all want more money, right? And uh, <laughs> But we have, you know, an idea as to what we need to do in order to get that or what we could, you know, be or feel or have, et cetera, when we have that. But we have all these yes buts and these tail enders that come up. So, um, you know, I think that especially if you have your own business or you're, you're working, um, there are lots of blocks that come up uh, around money. So, for instance, for myself, when I was you know, wanting to take my business to the next level, um, it was a fear of success. It wasn't a fear of failure that came up because it was everything that success um, entailed or, or, you know, all the downsides of success that we don't really talk about. 
Um, so, you know, it's these blocks that we have, like, well, hang on, if I'm going to receive a lot of money um, or have a lot of money, that must mean I have to work really hard. And what does working really hard mean? Oh, that means I'm going to have less time with my family, for instance. So, therefore, you can see that block to actually achieving what you want. And this is true for any goals, not just abundance or, or wealth. Um, it's anything. It's, you know, what are the downsides of succeeding? What are the downsides of achieving that goal? And they, they are your blocks. So that's what I really like to, to work with with clients is, you know, talking about, because we all like to talk about how, you know, terrible our lives are and how, what's stopping us from where, getting where we want to be and, and everything like that and love making excuses. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's not about um, the, you know, what we want to achieve and how we're going to feel when we do that. It's, okay, well, what are the negatives about achieving success? How are we um, going to manage uh, the lack of time or the lack of, you know, um, or the more responsibility, the, you know, the feeling of having to keep it up, all of this stuff. Um, and, you know, and there's all these beliefs that are under it as well. So especially around money, we, we are, you know, programmed from a very, very young age as to what to believe about money. Um, so whether it's hard to come by, whether money slips through your fingers, uh, money is, is either root of all evil is a big one, you know, um, or it's not spiritual to be paid. And that's something I myself had to overcome as well when I first started my business is that, you know, because I'm in the business of helping people, I would be like, well, I should just do it out of the goodness of my own heart. And I had one person actually once comment on a post I put up on Facebook or something about that. Like, well, if you're that into helping people, why don't you just do it free of charge then? And I thought, oh, <laughs> like, I don't know, because I've got to eat. I've got to pay bills. <laughs> yeah. I need to pay for the um, heating. <laughs> yeah. And then I got told, well, Jesus did it free. And I'm like, oh, okay. Well, I'm, not oh. Sure I'm not comparing myself to Jesus, but that's fine. <laughs> um, and, and yeah, so it was just, it was really interesting how, you know, when I started my business, especially all of my money blocks came up as well. Yeah. So, you know, self-worth, all of these things come into it um, and will actually repel money. Um, so unless you sort out your stuff around and your beliefs, you're not going to achieve what you want to achieve. Yeah. Brilliant. And like I, I sat there that night and I was tapping away doing that, but what, <laughs> I loved it. And the funny thing is because it was at a moment where we just got, um, all of these like huge bills, you know, that like when they come in all at once and I was sort mm -hmm. of like, well, where are we going to get all this money to pay for them? And then I yeah. came across your video that night. And the interesting <laughs> thing is because I've been like, you know what, there's heaps of money out there and yeah. we can always get more money. And I've, you know, I really sat there and thought about it and started taking okay. action and we've knocked them all down. Like they've just somehow, like all this money has just like come in from these weird places. Even like a bank account that I hadn't accessed in five years had money sitting in it that I didn't know about. And I was like, yes. wow, that's like blown my mind. And I feel like it's because I did your tapping video. So I totally, totally believe in this. Yeah. And that's the thing is that, you know, we, we have, we, we, we focus on one area and we think, okay, we're, we're limiting ourselves because if we think about, you know, well, money, for instance, let's take money. Um, I can only earn money from one particular avenue and the only way I can increase my you know, funds or in my bank account is through getting more clients, right? That's rubbish. Yeah. Um, it's about opening your mind to different avenues and unexpected avenues of yeah. money because there are lots of ways that, you know, we can attract money. And the funny thing is, is I have done this tapping before for certain stuff. And then once I received a refund um, from, yeah. I think it was my car insurance because they'd taken out a double payment, you know, <laughs> so um, it's, you know, or you, you're going through your purse or your bag and you find, you know, an extra $5. So there's all these ways that money can show up for you. Yeah. Um, it's about being open to it and allowing, um, allowing that. So, you know, it's expanding our consciousness, expanding our awareness and um, allowing uh, different vessels to bring us money, not just what we think we can do because that's very limiting and we're very used to limiting ourselves. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. I wish my husband would listen to this podcast, but he doesn't uh, because he's the same. He says the same thing. He's like, well, I can't yeah. unless I just work more hours. I was like, no, 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 no. Yeah. Yeah. It's belief. It's a belief, yeah. you know, that, and, and, I, and my partner's the same as well. It's, they, they can often come from that left brain, you know, well, yeah. one plus one equals two. So if you work more hours, that means you can get more money or you have to work hard 
for yeah. money um, and that's a big one I, I can see um, a lot of you know in, in people around me is oh well you know money only comes with hard work and I've got to flog my guts out and give myself you know um, to my employer on a serving platter and I have to sell my soul for money because that's the price of success you know and yeah. so we have all of these pre-programmed beliefs that we're operating out of unconsciously most of the time but the great news is, is that we can actually change them and we have the power to to heal from them and change it not only for ourselves but for our children as well amazing and so with when you're working with your clients are you encouraging them to are they tapping every day or how is it sort of um i guess blended into their life yeah, so I I try to, I mean, I work with them. I will see them usually weekly, so once a week for an hour. Um, but in between, I do like to give homework. So I'm a very, you know, frustrated teacher. <laughs> I <like to> <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't mark it with a red pen or anything, but uh, I do. I just say, you know, look, here's this tapping script to go off. And even if you can actually do five minutes a day, that will really go a long way to helping to create positive change. Because at the end of the day, you're not just working with your thoughts and, and your feelings and things that you can, you know, kind of write off as intangible. You're literally helping to rewire your brain and the way it perceives things, the way that it deals with stuff, um, your belief systems as well. And it's it's actually helping to create new neural pathways in the brain. So those riverbeds, you know, that get deeper, um, the more that we do a behavior or think a thought. Um, and that's why we develop habits, you know, because of those neural pathways too. So what it's doing is actually changing those neural pathways. Um, and, you know, that takes, that takes effort, that takes a little bit of time. So the more that you can actually um, contribute to changing them, uh, you know, and at the end of the day, it's very easy. That's the thing. It's something that you can do. You don't have to believe in it. It's not that you have to sit there and focus and focus and focus. It's five minutes of tapping or 10 minutes of tapping a day is going to go a long way to you know, creating the change that you want to see in your life. Excellent. And I'm really excited because you are currently working on implementing the emotional first aid programs where you're using EFT into the education system. Can you explain a bit more about what it is and why you've created this program? Yeah, so Emotional First Aid, um, I, I came up with that name because I feel like, you know, we have a first aid course, we have tools in our um, first aid kit to deal with accidents, to deal with things that occur that bring, you know, that, um, that happen. So at the end of the day, a lot of children these days don't have that toolkit, they don't have a way of... Um, fixing things that they come up against, um, whether it's, you know, sudden or whether it's something that's ongoing, uh, they don't have those tools there. So that's why I like to call it emotional first aid because it's something that you can apply, you know, as soon as you see an issue come up or before it's even happened as like a prophylactic essentially. So, um, and that's what I wanted to do is to actually bring it into schools to help give these kids something tangible that gives them um, empowerment, that helps them to self-regulate uh, and that helps them to manage you know, um, their own ways of dealing with things too. So, so that I feel is really, really beneficial because, you know, then you're creating a generation that is also accountable and responsible for their own actions and they're taking responsibility too. And that will help to, you know, create very well-adjusted, well-rounded adults. So when I, um, when I was at school, I actually went through a lot of bullying to the point where I changed schools a number of times. I went to 11 schools actually over 12 years. <laughs> um, some of it was due to moving around, but a lot of it was due to, you know, the schools that I was at not handling bullying issues very well. <coughs> Pardon me. Um, so I had a lot of emotional scarring from that. And I went to a few girls schools as well, which I feel are like breeding grounds for issues really a lot of the time. And so, you know, I, uh, I had all these emotional wounds from bullying that I experienced at school and it was obviously very traumatic at the time, but it didn't actually come through properly in terms of the realization to see the impact yeah. until I was an adult and I was, you know, attracting those same situations into my work life as well. Um, I was just repeating patterns. I was repeating beliefs. And I had no idea about how deep, though, you know, that experience went um, until I became an adult. So, and I noticed that uh, has been the case for a lot of clients as well that I've seen that have come in um, and, you know, they're, they're working through stuff, you know, at 50 years old that they went through at school. 
because they haven't processed it because they haven't worked through it so um you know and i think in in today's day and age with anxiety and with you know adhd and um the asd you know, spectrum everything there's just people are feeling overwhelmed they don't know how to handle things teachers are absolutely stressed out to the max um under resourced um overworked and so you know they need something that's quick and easy and tangible and simple to not only help themselves but also children you know to manage their emotional state at the time so that i think goes a long way to also reducing bullying because it's you know making each person accountable for their own feelings and behaviors and things like that and it's helping not only to resolve issues within the school environment but also help them deal with things you know that might be going on at home um, any past traumas things like that too so it, it's just quite a global healing tool essentially that i'm so passionate about bringing um, into the education system so you know it's just it's another tool to add to the toolbox whether it's meditation whether it's mindfulness yoga um, you know EFT I think all of these things are starting to come together and people are understanding that we've got this you know fourth wave of psychology of you know well this is something else that we can do to help and how important it is to nurture their emotional state not just focus on academia or you know sports or music it's you know we've got to also support their emotional experience because in my experience out of 11 schools the most thing that the thing that stood out most was where I felt most supported emotionally um yeah so that's why I'm so so passionate about bringing it into schools but I also you know know that from the US they've brought it into hundreds of schools over there with outstanding results so you know increasing focus increasing concentration um uh, even you know test anxiety it's so such a big thing How, who feels you know anxious when you go in for a test or an exam most people right so you know what about a way to actually address that and to help bring that emotional response down um, I find that that's yeah that's really helpful so um, just giving kids a tool that they can use um, you know at school at home teach their friends and I've had so many kids actually end up teaching their friends too which is really beautiful um, you know to be able to to do this this quick easy and um and highly effective thing that will help them to bring about peace and balance within themselves as well wow and is this for primary school or secondary school that you're thinking of implementing it both both yeah yeah excellent so if there's any teachers listening or yeah yeah, yeah they should definitely get in touch that sounds really amazing yeah. and are you saying it's something that you're creating for the teachers to learn to then implement into the classroom or is it something that you're going into the classroom to do it's both yeah. yeah so a lot of the time you know um i will work with teachers first of all because they're at the front line obviously and they have to know what to do and how to handle things um and they can't really help other people unless they're helping themselves as well so i run a lot of you know teachers um workshops and info sessions and things where we cover eft um but then you know it, it is also something that they can use on their own kids you know whether it's um five minutes in homeroom time before they begin the day let's all do some tapping on um you know having a great day you know for instance so it doesn't always have to be taking somebody off and focusing on their specific issue the great thing about eft is that it it has a great global um effect as well so if you're tapping for just say you know stress release in general everyone's got their own idea of how stress is affecting them so you know you're setting the intention yourself as to what you want to work on and you're going to get benefit whether you're tapping as a group or tapping specifically for your own individual issue so um, yeah it's definitely something that can be applied in lots of different um, areas and I even spoke to someone recently in the US who was using EFT in their school and every um, assembly they do it and they have like oh. 500 kids tapping in the assembly which is beautiful <laughs> oh my goodness I'm beautiful <laughs> to see have you worked in um workplaces as well yeah yeah so I do corporate as well because you know obviously corporate is just yeah. like a grown-up school sometimes yes. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah so we all you know encounter lots of different um uh, problems or issues or emotions and um, stresses as well so giving um, employees a tool to be able to handle them and resolve them quickly and easily is really good so you know it, it can help um, specifically I work with you know sales uh, and confidence in leadership too so a lot of, um, of the people who are in leadership positions might have a bit of you know or who am I to be doing what I'm doing? Or, you know, in that imposter syndrome and they feel like they can't step up or they can't speak out. So, you know, it's working through the emotional blocks around that. Um, well, sometimes it's, you know, sales, for instance. So I've been in sales for a lot of my life um, when I first got out of school, 
it's amazing how much your own belief in yourself actually will translate into whether you, you know, um, get the sale or not. So, you know, it's, it's all about self-belief because if you believe in yourself, other people will buy into that as well. They'll believe in you. So it's, you know, about raising employees' confidence levels and allowing them to get rid of that self-doubt um, or that fear of objections or selling or whatever um, so that they can just do what they're trained to do. And, um, yeah, just it really helps to increase sales as a, as a whole, which is great. Oh my goodness. So many uses for this. I love it. And I, I bet when you walk into like whether it's corporate or your one-on-one clients or schools, mm. there's a lot of misconceptions about what EFT tapping is. So, yeah. and probably your role in general, what you do. So can you explain what are some of those misconceptions and then I guess how you address them? What do you say to people who are a bit like, what yeah. is this? Yeah, yeah. Well, the great thing is, is that nowadays a lot of people are becoming aware of it. So when I first started, they were like, "What's this weird thing? I don't know what you do." Like, <laughs> and a lot of people would say, "Oh, is it Ethos?" Um, it's <laughs> no, not unless you're paying by credit card. So um, it's. <laughs> EFT in itself stands for emotional freedom technique. So um, a lot of people do know it as tapping because that's essentially what we're doing is we're tapping on these acupressure points. It's a form of psychological acupressure, essentially. So, um, yeah, I think that a lot of people think that I, I, uh, I have something to do with banking um, or that, you know, I'm a psychologist is another, is another misconception of, well, you must, I have, um, when I was having a lot of self-doubt earlier on, when I first began my business, I had so many people actually commenting on, on uh, oh, what degree do you have? Well, you must have done a psych degree. Are you a psychologist? And I realise now, because I never get those questions anymore, um, because I worked on my own credibility, you see. So I had a massive, like, credibility complex when I first began. Um, and so I thought, well, no one's going to believe me. I'm not credible enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not qualified, you know, in terms of I'm not a registered psych, so how the hell can I help people? Um, but the great thing is I think people are used to going, oh, well, I'm must see as counsellor or a psychologist if I have any emotional problems. But the reality is, is that everybody has their place, you know, and their, their limitations as well, including this. So, you know, a lot of talk therapy is about the conscious brain and it's trying to override the subconscious programs and things um, that, you know, we've been through. So you're trying to consciously overcome all of these issues and that's where people find it really really hard you know especially positive thinking how easily you know do we give up on thinking positive right because we're trying to talk our way out of stuff and it doesn't often work um so i think a lot of people uh have this misconception that i'm i'm giving them advice or i'm telling them what to do and, and everything but in actual fact i'm not um eft is a tool and once you master that tool you can apply it to all different areas of your life so i think yeah, that's something else I've um I've had to try to overcome in terms of um I suppose preconceived ideas as to what I do or how I do things too. Yeah. And have you had people who have been a bit skeptical and then they've tried it and you know been really surprised with the results? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're like, bring on the challenge. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and it's funny because I've worked with teenage boys who are like, you know, the height of scepticism. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and, uh, and also uh, I see a lot of families too, which is interesting because normally it starts with the wife comes in, you know, she sees me, then she takes all her children to come and see me. And then she drags her husband along and like plongs him down the chair and he sits there with his arms crossed. I'm looking at his shit. And it's so interesting because, you know, I think uh, – I'm, I'm really into helping men open up these days because I think that it, it's a pretty frustrating spot to be in as a man these days. You know, you, you, you feel like kind of pulled in all directions. You don't know how to, to express yourself. You don't know whether you should still express yourself or you shouldn't anymore. And, you know, because we come from that whole, like men are just very stoic men are, you know, they don't express their emotions. They're supposed to be the backbone and then, you know, hold everything up. Um, and, and so I think that, you know, giving them the opportunity to, see that it's not about sitting there like complaining or telling the world your problems, but it's about, you know, dealing with them um, and recognizing them and validating yourself, even though you have them. And I think that when they see that it works, it's like, Oh, actually that wasn't so bad. <laughs> it wasn't so painful. <laughs> and that's, that's so much fun. And um, so, you know, the great thing about EFT is that you, you don't actually have to believe in it for it to work. So it's not a placebo effect. Um, and of course it helps to have an open mind, uh, but you know, you don't have to be all in for it to actually um, have benefit too. So I love skeptics because um, 
you know, then there's a difference between a skeptic and a cynic. And I don't work with cynics because I've got no interest, you know, it's a waste of my energy and time. Um, but if somebody is skeptical, I think that's healthy because it shows, you know, um, critical thinking. And so I was myself a skeptic when I began too, because it's a weird, you know, way out concept. Oh, tapping on your face is going to help you feel better. You know, so um, I was very skeptical when I began as well, but through my own experience and, and people learn through experience as well, um, you know, it helps to to bring them around. So, and, you know, for those clients who are a bit more left-brained, um, I do send through I'm happy to discuss all the clinical research behind it too, of which there's heaps too. So that's the great thing is that I can back up what I say. It's not just an esoteric woo-woo concept. It's actually backed by neuroscience and countless, you know, um, systematic reviews, peer-reviewed research, uh, RCTs, you know, randomised controlled trials, um, brain scans as well. There's lots of stuff that actually validates its efficacy, which is really handy when you're dealing with sceptics. So <laughs> That's great. Are there any other misconceptions that you've found? Um, nothing that really pops to mind. Yeah. yeah I think they're probably the, the biggest the key ones. ones. Yeah. 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 Yeah, exactly. <laughs> awesome. So I would love to now talk about your motherhood experience because you're a mum of two girls, two young girls. Um, what's been your personal experience of it and your challenges and surprises about motherhood? Yeah. So I have a three and a half year old, um, and an eight month old yesterday. She was eight months. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> second and, um, child. <laughs> that's right. My business was my first baby. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. So when I had my first daughter, I actually, um, I developed probably what I would classify as postnatal depression, but I didn't want to see it at the time because I was like, well, I'm a therapist. I help other people through this. Like, I don't do this. I don't have these problems. Like that's not okay for me to have any issues. Um, and so I pushed it aside for a very, very long time. So um, I, I felt, I suppose, incongruent with uh, my role as a mother and I didn't identify with her. I, I really lacked connection. Um, and I realized now that that was because my daughter reminded me so much of me. <laughs> and, you know, I had this idea that, oh, well, you know, you can bring your child up to XYZ and give them everything, but then they might go and hurt you later. So I felt like, oh, well, I'm pretty sure that karma is going to come and get me. Um, so if I you know, keep my distance emotionally, that will protect both of us in the long run. So um, this wasn't a conscious thing, by the way. This was what I had, you know, obviously worked out subconsciously later on. But, uh, but yeah, it was really interesting seeing um, the way that having children affected my own stuff and it brought up a lot of my own stuff as well so um yeah I found that really uh intriguing but I had a lot of issues of bleeding and everything through um, both pregnancies but I I did a lot of work around um you know because I'd had two miscarriages beforehand as well um and so I did a lot of work around feeling safe feeling the ability to feel joy um you know overcoming previous trauma and things and I had a beautiful birth with her which was so lovely um and and I did a lot of tapping on her as a baby too I used EFT in both my um labors as my only pain relief so I didn't have any other um pain relief too wow (laughs) that's why I I love it because it helps you know obviously it's and I think in today's world we're, we're almost programmed to feel fear about childbirth like it has to be this medical thing it's very medicalized um and institutionalized but it's not it's so natural and normal and we're made to believe that everything that can go wrong will go wrong so you've got to be prepared and you know um and so i think that being able to manage that um and and connect with your body and to feel in control is massive because that goes a long way to helping everything relax and you know if the uterus um is if you're feeling fear the universe the the universe (laughs) the universe uh, (laughs) can't actually do its job effectively so it will seize up it won't actually contract and and everything properly so if you have the absence of fear that means that the muscles relax the body relaxes and it will just do what it needs to do so my daughter was out in two hours the first one and then the second time um i yeah had a one hour 40 minute birth as well um and i tapped through that my partner tapped as well on me which was lovely and uh and both girls came out very very peaceful um you know no screaming and everything so i i really feel like you know the work that i did around letting go of any fear and bringing them into the world calmly and peacefully really helped that too so with my second daughter i noticed that i had a completely different relationship with her from day dot which was interesting to have that 
um, duality, I suppose. And that really um, made me recognize what motherhood was supposed to feel like. And um, yeah, so I feel like I had really healed from a lot of that stuff and I was in a better position to be able to, you know, feel like I was owning my role as a mother uh, more than I had the first time around as well. So um, yeah, it's just been, it's been amazing to feel more, I suppose, in tune with myself and my children this time around. Um, and I, I really do credit, you know, working through my own emotions using EFT for that. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much for sharing that. And I'm so sorry to hear about your losses. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> it happens. Yeah. So. yeah. Yeah. But um, really interesting though, about talking about, about, you know, working through it through pregnancy as well, because I'm sure there's a lot of women here that, you know, have experienced losses and then they become pregnant again and it's quite an anxious um, or unsettling time. So, you know, it's good to know that um, obviously that tapping is available if they need, you know, if they need to work through that as well. Yeah, yeah. and I used to work at Mama actually, um, which is Midwives and Mothers um, ah. in Australia. Yeah, down in Caulfield and um, and yeah, I work a lot with birth trauma too. So, you know, because often our own birth trauma influences a lot of, you know, what we go through or what we expect to go through um, at a subconscious level because everything is held in the cells as well, cellular memory too. So um, I, for instance, was uh, I think 10 days late and my mum had a very, you know, full-on, full-on like two-day labour or something crazy. Um, and so they do say that you you tend to mirror your own mother's birth experience, but mine was complete opposite. So I'm like, well, I'm pretty sure hopefully, like, you know, me working through some of that stuff helped because um, I worked on my own birth as well. And, uh, and then, um, you know, working through past issues, you know, whether people have had um, traumatic emergency C-sections, which I've seen a lot of too, um, there's all this, these sort of flow on effects and we can end up having PTSD because PTSD isn't just for, you know, war trauma or huge, huge um, things that we've been through in our lives. It's anything that isn't actually processed effectively yeah. becomes something to contribute to, to um, post-traumatic stress disorder. So I've seen a lot of women, a lot of mums um, with PTSD from really traumatic birth experiences. And that can often be, you know, the, the thing that plays out if they end up having another baby. Um, it's, oh my God, I, I'm so scared. I'm so anxious. I'm so nervous. What if this happens again? Um, I've worked with pregnancy loss. I've worked with infant loss. There's so much stuff that I think we carry as mothers and so much fear that um, is either instilled in us or we pick up. Um, and then we also then create that, you know, we're, we're forgetting that we draw these experiences to ourselves as well, the more we, the more energy we give them. So having something to offset that will really go a long way to being able to feel in control, calm, you know, not at the mercy of, of you know, fate or, or, you know, other people and everything as well. It's, you know, really getting in tune and in um, contact with yourself and, and just allowing yourself to do what it is that it's supposed to do anyway, which is, you know, yeah. being able to have a, a medical free birth that's, you know, um, that, that's, uh, that you don't sort of look back on with regret. So knowing that you've done everything possible to, to you know, um, to look after yourself and your baby. And the reality is, is that some people have to have certain interventions and that's totally okay. You know, I myself had two inductions. So oh, that was something I didn't want to have. Mm. Um, but at the end of the day, I was like, well, <laughs> it's kind of necessary. I, <laughs> I have to do this, but I'm not going to, you know, like sit here and, and, and um, stew on it or think about, you know, oh, I wish I had have done this. I wish I had have had that. You know, you have to accept the help that's offered to you um, for the, you know, obviously the um, health of the baby and you as well. But it's also being able to deal with the effects of that and the consequences emotionally and physically too, which really counts. Yeah. And, and do you see that a lot that, you know, a lot of, um, I guess, the, the challenges that mums face that does stem from, you know, pregnancy or birth trauma? Yeah. Do you find yeah, it's absolutely. like carrying that with them? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and they do. And, you know, I had um, a lady, for instance, who had, uh, there was like a, an emotional disconnection between her and her daughter. Um, and she couldn't understand why. She didn't know why that was. Um, but then we actually went back into the matrix reimprinting stuff and helped her to um, create the birth experience that she wanted at the time. 
Um, and so you've got to remember that the body is, you know, working with your mind, the body and mind are interlinked. You can't be separated. So when you work with the mind, it's also having an effect on the body um, and vice versa. So, you know, it's, it's amazing to see the, the difference that it had not only on her, but also her child too, who was, I think six or seven. Um, and she, she came back to me, she said, Oh my God, like, she just ran up to me the other day and just gave me the biggest hug ever. And she just, she's never done that, you know? So that was just really out of the blue. And, and so it's amazing because when we work with energy, um, yeah. you know, it's not just us that benefits, it's the other person who is involved in whatever it was that was happening at the time. And so you're actually healing not only yourself, but, but them too, and releasing whatever it is that they may be holding on to. So, yeah, I just, I just love, seeing the effect and the flow on effects of you know working with energy even when it was so far back um you know and how that affects uh their relationship too oh my goodness i love hearing all of this this is amazing and so what are some of the i guess in the stage that you're at at the moment like what are you really yeah. enjoy enjoying about motherhood um i love so i particularly love like taking every single day and taking it all in because with my first I think I was still adjusting to, you know, um, trying to balance the the role of motherhood with um, my business. And I was trying to get that, you know, really um, up at that point. So I think that now I, uh, looking back, I probably, you know, um, while I was obviously focused on my child, I was feeling like I was kind of pulled in all directions. Um, and so I, I, I guess that, that I was always wishing, you know, for the next day or wishing her to be older. Oh, I can't wait until she, you know, she can cook. <laughs> can't wait until she can cook me a goddamn dinner or something. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, but, but I'm really like being more present and mindful this time around too. You know, it's, it's enjoying even, though you know I've gone through a really ridiculous time with with um Zoe at the moment and she for the last three weeks was waking every few hours I was like well you know what now I have this experience I know that it's not going to last forever and I can have this beautiful you know girl like I have in my three-year-old um and it's just it's lovely you know and and they teach you so much as well and I think that you know motherhood is such an opportunity not only to shape your children but also shape yourself because they bring up everything that we need to work on in ourselves and they're a great mirror especially when you have one of the same sex too and you're like oh my god and I'm thinking thank god I have more than one child <laughs> it would just be like too much of me um so yeah I think that it's I'm just really enjoying being able to appreciate um, everything that happens and, and, and knowing that, you know, no matter how difficult it is in any given moment, it's not forever. And I really like the saying that the days are long, but the years are short. Yeah. And, and that's so true. So sometimes we can be so absorbed in how, you know, terrible things are and how difficult it is. But um, we forget that, you know, like literally when I think about my daughter being three and a half, I'm like, oh my God, I don't even remember like, you know, when she was little, it just goes so fast. Um, so, you know, just taking every day as it comes and, um, and enjoying everything for what it is at that moment, because they'll never have that again, you know? Yeah. 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 And I love that. Um, cause I know there's so many people that get really anxious about when they have their second child and, you know, thinking, yeah. oh, it's, you know, it's going to be really hard and it's going to ruin the relationship. Am I going to have time for my, you know, for each of the kids? Am I going to be able to love two people? And I always say, I actually had the opposite. I was like, having a second child was the best thing for our family. It was a gift. You know, having a sibling was a gift for my first child. And, you know, I did appreciate it because the first time I had no idea what I was doing. I was, yeah, recovering from birth that didn't go the way that I'd planned. I felt really disconnected. And the second mm -hmm. time, it's like this, almost like this, you know, fresh start to be able to like, okay, now I think I've got it a little bit. I'm not worrying about the things that I worried about before. Um, yeah. And you do, you appreciate it a lot more because you know it goes so quick, so, so quick. Yes, exactly. And, you know, both my partner and I are only children too. So uh, that was something I was like, oh, my God, um, how, how am I going to, I'm breaking this rule here of, you know, having one child. Um, and, and so it was a real, like, I guess, um, new path for me to navigate because I don't have anyone else around me to sort of tell me how it is or show me how it is. And, and so I was like, well, I'm really going out on my own here, essentially in, in this new journey because no one else in my family knows what it's like. So, um, but I feel proud of myself because I feel like I actually, since having a second child, life is easier. In, in a weird way um, because I feel like it, it forces me to be more organized, um, be, you know, to manage my time more effectively. And it's interesting because when I had my first, I was always like, Oh, I never have enough time for this. I don't have enough time for that. 
But, you know, now like you'd think that it would be double that lack of time, but it's not. not. And so, you know, when I have time with my baby, um, I am like, oh, I'm so grateful that, you know, she doesn't ask me a million questions. why right now so I'm enjoying that and then when I have time with my three-year-old it's like oh I enjoy I can actually hold a conversation with her and she can go and do this and you know like um it's just enjoying the duality of it and you know and the differences as well and when they're together it's so beautiful because they get on so well you know god knows how that might change when they're teenagers or something but you know I'm just like I'm so glad um that I did because you know it's also helping um me to feel like I'm, you know, I'm giving these children an opportunity to to come into the world, to find themselves and to also teach me so much too. And I'm so grateful for that every day. Well, thank you so much for sharing about your motherhood experience. Um, I would love to learn a bit more just about you, you know, outside of your business, outside of the kids, how do you like to relax and unwind? Yeah, so... um, Or do you? (laughs) (laughs) Well... But thankfully, my partner owns a wine bar, so that's a really good stuff. Oh! <laughs> Do you want to give it a plug? Yeah, well, it's South Press, uh, South Press Wine Bar in Turak. It's a beautiful spot, um, great staff and great food and wine and everything, of course. It's my little plug for him, but it's my my thing today. Yeah. <laughs> that's true, that's true. Um, so, yeah, yeah, so I unwind by um, by what he brings back from work sometimes. But um, also, also we, you know, we have a very short amount of time together a week because, you know, being a business owner as well himself, he's very busy and very, uh, I suppose, his, his work is very demanding. So we only get two days a week essentially together um and that's on a weekend so we like to go away a little bit you know go on a road trip because we learnt um very quickly when we first had lily our oldest <coughs> pardon me <coughs> um that she needed to sleep and we weren't going to be like these parents that stay in and they like okay we have to be regimented she needs a nap at this time and we can't do this unless you know everything is we're just like you know whatever we're just going to go with the flow um and so we ended up realizing that if we like drove a while away that means that she can have a sleep in the car and we can end up somewhere fun and then have a great time together and everyone's had a nice rest so um we do that every week so every weekend we'll you know pick somewhere nice to go whether it's down the Mornington Peninsula or to a winery or something else like that where we can all have a bit of um, fun and they can have a sleep in the car. And, um, yeah, so that's what we kind of do to relax because you know, it just means so much to us to be able to have time as a family um, and, and quality time as well and obviously get out of the house because I'm in it most days. So, yeah, that's um, how we, we tend to unwind and relax too. So, Oh, that sounds perfect. Um, anything you would definitely recommend that you've been to lately? Oh, I um, found a lovely place the other day called Barn & Co um, down at Balnarring. And it's lovely and it's great for kids too. So I'm um, probably like going to do myself a disservice because everyone after listening to this will be down there and there'll be no work for me to see anymore. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, they've got this beautiful, it's like a barn and it's done up beautifully and there's an open fire inside and then there's an outdoor part that's all um, got fairy lights and everything around it. <coughs> um, and they have all these kids activities like kids games, um, you know, like the, is it called hooky or something when you like throw the, little thing on the um hooks on whatever um (laughs) yeah that thing thing. um you know they've got bowls they've got mats that they set out for the kids on the ground and stuff and um yeah so I love that place it's gorgeous um beautiful tapas as well so something for everyone (laughs) oh perfect that sounds so good and what is a random fun fact about you um, wasn't that fun? Uh, but I'm trying to think about this. I'm like, oh, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I, I, uh, when I was um, younger, I was a high level swimmer. Um, and I actually won a search for a star competition. So it was, uh, they had like different divisions of swimming, basketball, blah, blah, blah. Um, and I think it was something like 450 or something like that. A lot of people um, entered this swimming part of it and it was like you know win a um uh, an opportunity to train under an olympic coach at msac down in melbourne sports and aquatic center in the city um and i was probably about i don't even remember how old i was but i was pretty young um and i decided that i was going to do it so i went and tried out and i got chosen i think one of four or one of six um out of that to actually train under an olympic coach so i did so um and i took a year off from school i did homeschool like distance education in grade six so that i could actually go down and uh, and commit to my swimming so I was so 
passionate and um, committed to it that I nearly got into the Olympics with my time. So that was my focus was to get into the Olympics. Um, but yeah, then I, I, I trained really, really full on, but um, yeah, I got sick a couple of times and, you know, just sort of ended up waning and yeah, I gave it up eventually, but um, yeah, I, I met um, uh, Kieran Perkins and I trained with uh, Grant Hackett's coach as well. So yeah, I was massively into the, the swimming circuit when I was younger. So that was my half. Oh, fun fact. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a very interesting fact. That's so cool. Yeah. Wasn't, that, wasn't that fun training like 10 times a week? <laughs> no, no. Oh, my yeah. goodness. Oh, yeah. No, that sounds really cool. I love that. And I'm like, I've just really enjoyed learning more about you. It's been really fascinating. And I think we've talked about so many different topics that I didn't even expect that we would. Um, yeah. But thank you for sharing all this. If there's someone... <coughs> listening and they would love to connect with you whether they want to work with you one-on-one or they want to check out your website um or they want to invite you into their school if they're a teacher so where can everyone find you so my website is breakfreewitheft.com um, and I also have a Facebook page and a, a YouTube channel under the same name as well. Um, I haven't really got the hang of Instagram yet. So I am on Instagram, but yeah. I really don't know how to use it. Um, <laughs> so I wouldn't really, really contact me on there just yet until I, uh, I get my Instagram course underway. Um, but yeah, I, I have my website there. It has more information about the school programs. There's some tapping videos. There's an EFT um, research page as well with links to all the, um, the catalogue of research that's been done on tapping um, and a bit more about me too. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Mamas on a Mission. If you did, hit subscribe, leave a review or let's chat more on Motherhood Melbourne, Facey or Insta page. If you're keen as beans to know more about my guest, the podcast or my podcast partner, visit motherhoodmelbourne.com.au. Okay, mama, that's a wrap. Thanks for hanging out with me.